G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Dr. Michael Youssef with a question to begin today's Leading the Way. The world is made of two people, the givers and the takers. And I cannot find a better example of this than in this passage of the scripture and the difference between Lot and Abraham. Ask yourself today, am I a giver or am I a taker? Lot was a taker, Abraham was a giver. Lot's life was filled with heartache and pain and grief because of that desire. And that is why eventually Lot lost everything, including his wife, all possessions, and Abraham was blessed beyond measure. Welcome to Leading the Way with pastor and international Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Youssef. Today's decisions, large or small, have a huge impact on your future, good or bad. Today on Leading the Way, Dr. Youssef shows how Abraham's nephew exemplifies this in a powerful way. Listen with me now as Dr. Youssef begins. Quarrels, disputes, arguments and fights result in division and in separation and pain. Franklin Roosevelt said, There is nothing I love as much as a good fight. End of quote. Well, I want to tell you, there are Christians who are like that. They go from church to church looking for a good fight. (laughs) Quarreling and fighting comes natural to all of us. Why? Because each of us, naturally born, preferring to go for the juggler than to give in. This rambunctious nature has uh, been first seen in Cain and Abel. And then come to all of us through the hereditary law. People quarrel for all kinds of things. For example, some quarrel over ideas and opinions, as it happened between the Apostle Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas was a good man, a righteous man. Paul was a good man and a righteous man. But there had to come a time for them to be separated Because Paul was convicted of God's vision that he gave him on the road to Damascus. Secondly, there are some who quarrel over jealousy and envy. That happened to Moses. His sister Miriam and his brother Aaron were quarreling and complaining and moaning about his wife. But the God who sees the secrets of the heart knew that it wasn't a matter of Moses' wife. It was out of envy for Moses' authority. It is out of jealousy of his leadership. It was out of fact that they did not agree in the direction he was going. In those cases, as Moses did, leave them to the Lord. He'll take care of them as he did of Miriam and Aaron. But the third one, which I want to focus upon today, the third reason for quarreling happened over money. That is money of all its forms. Material possessions of all kinds. From all the way from the filthy lucre to the pure dirt. 
Now, to those of you who are not aware of what pure dirt is, it is real estate. Money is the number one cause of domestic arguments and domestic quarrels. The Bible gives us example after example of how money and possessions blind the eyes of people, even God's people. And the results are often disastrous. Love of money break up family. Love of money destroys friendships. Love of money causes wars and causes fights, domestic and otherwise. Now, Abraham and his nephew, who had a relationship that is closer than a father and son, had to part company. Why? Because Lot had a greedy heart. Turn to Genesis chapter 13. Verse 2 tells us what happened to Abraham. It says, Abraham came out of Egypt rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. <laughs> Abraham did very well in Egypt. I didn't. <laughs> I was in the wrong business. <laughs> the bottom had not fallen out of the commodity exchange in Egypt. <laughs> Abraham went to Egypt with $1,000. In a very short time, he turned him into over $100,000. <laughs> in fact, Abraham and Lot became the gurus of Wall Street investments in Egypt. They were appearing on CNBC, Financial Times. There were headline news in USA Today saying, man and nephew made a killing in the commodity exchange. But as we will see later on in this series, not everything that Abraham and Lot have accumulated in Pharaoh's land was good for them. Some of these accumulations caused them problems, especially a maiden by the name of Hagar. In verse 3, Abraham finally returns to Bethel. Look at it very carefully. He returns to the very place where he was before. Bethel literally means the house of God. Now he had come back to where from where he had fallen. Now he had come back to where he belongs. Now he had come back from where he had left off, fellowshipping with God. And I want to tell you, the best thing you and I can do when we spiritually fall off is to go back exactly to the same place from where we had fallen. And there wait upon God's instructions. Amen. Abraham had come back physically, Abraham had come back mentally, Abraham had come back spiritually. Now Abraham come back seeking the will of God again. Abraham had returned to the place of obedience. And he bows before God and he waits upon the Lord in that order. Listen, it is of the mercy of God, it is the, of the graciousness of God that he overrules and overshadows our sins when we come back to him. And I want to tell you today that every new day, there is a new beginning for each one of us with God. In verse 4, Abraham publicly declares his dependence upon God and he calls upon the name of the Lord. And as Abraham repents of his sins, and then he begins to experience the joy of the forgiveness of God. As he begins to experience the joy of the Lord, as his heart begins to be filled to overflowing with the love and the forgiveness of the Lord. Something is about to happen that will break his heart. The man whom he loved as a son, 
The man with whom he has grown to be closer than a brother is about to be wrenched out of his life. It is extremely painful, but it was necessary because Lot was a man whose priority were radically different from his God-fearing uncle. Money has now come between Abraham and Lot. Both have done very well in the commodities of Egypt. But there was a fundamental difference between the two. Abraham possessed the flocks. But the flocks never possessed him. Lot, on the other hand, let the flock own him. Lot was an example of a Christian believer who lets his possessions possess him or her. Lot is an example of a Christian believer who is more concerned about the well-being of their net worth than the well-being of their spiritual walk. Lot allowed success in Egypt to turn his head from godly endeavors to worldly pleasures. You never read anywhere that Lot ever built an altar for God. You don't read it anywhere that he came back to God. You don't read anywhere that Lot ever sought the forgiveness of God. You see, the tragedy is that Lot never really followed the example of his uncle. And as we shall see in the next message, how Abraham took 10% of all that he has, and he offered it to Melchizedek, the king of righteousness, the king of peace. But Lot's motto was different. Not only he didn't give anything, but his motto, like the motto of many Christians, evangelical Christians in America today, make all that you can, can all that you get, and sit on the lid. <laughs> Lot was mean-minded, close-fisted, money-loving believer. You say, how do you know that he was a believer? Well, 2 Peter 2.7 tells us that the only reason God saved him from the fire of Sodom is because he was a believer. A dear friend of mine told me many years ago, he said, the world is made of two people, the givers and the takers. And I cannot find a better example of this than in this passage of the scripture and the difference between Lot and Abraham. Ask yourself today, am I a giver or am I a taker? Lot was a taker, Abraham was a giver. Lot never acknowledged God as the provider, Abraham always did. Lot's life was filled with heartache and pain and grief because of that desire, Abraham blessed everybody that came within the sphere of influence of him, even the pagans. And that is why eventually Lot lost everything, including his wife, all possessions, and Abraham was blessed beyond measure. In Lot's heart, there had been a, a buildup of resentment through the years. Hasn't just started then. There was a build-up of selfish ambitions. And that build-up kept on being fueled. And then when his cowboys and Abraham cowboys had a fight, the explosion took place. And Abraham looks at Lot and he says, Please, let there be no strife between you and me. Let's not fight this out. Let's not argue. Let's not quarrel. Take what you want. Now, by the world's standards, Abraham is a kind of dumb. By the world's standards, Abraham 
It's stupid to be generous to such a selfish guy like Lot. But wait a minute. God promised the land to Abraham. Exactly. Exactly. You see, when God promises you something, it is guaranteed. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to fret over it. (laughs) Abraham didn't have to stand up for his rights. It is guaranteed. Abraham didn't have to quarrel. It is guaranteed. Abraham didn't have to fret over it. It is guaranteed. Abraham didn't have to fight over it. It is guaranteed. Abraham didn't have to worry and have sleepless night over it. It is guaranteed. You see, you can afford to be generous because God guarantees His promises. And there is no selfish lot can ever grab God's promise out of Abraham's life. So what does Lot do? Well, he says, Uncle, you're very generous. I can't do that. No. Verse 10. His eyes become the binoculars of his heart. In his selfish greed, he grabs the well-watered valley of the Jordan. In his desire to grab the best for himself, had ultimately proved to be his downfall. I want to tell you something about the eye gate. Covetousness enter into our minds through our eye gate. Lust enter our minds through our eye gate. Greed enters into our mind through our eye gate. Eve saw the fruit of the garden and it was beautiful to the sight. And the rest is history. Achan, the son of Kami in the book of Joshua, saw the gold and he saw the forbidden things. He took them, he coveted them first, and he took them and he hid them in his tent. With the result of his death and his family's death. David looked and he saw Bathsheba. And she was beautiful in appearance. So he killed to get her. No wonder Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, He said, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. What enters through your eye gate, if you gaze at it long enough, it will become your undoing spiritually. Be careful what you read. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you covet. Be careful what you desire. Be careful what you long for. Because God may just give it to you. He gave it a lot. No matter how attractive and pleasing to the eye it may be, if it is inconsistent with the Word of God, you better off close your eyes and get yourself a walking stick. Lot looked over the well-watered Jordan Valley. And the Bible said, it reminded him of Egypt. (laughs) Lot may have left Egypt, but Egypt and the glamour of Egypt never left Lot. So he grabbed for the green spot without showing any responsibility for his God-fearing uncle. Lot was the type of Christian who would sacrifice principles for possessions. He was the type of uh, Christian who would sacrifice love for lust. He's the type of Christian who was willing to sacrifice the master for materialism. Verse 13. 
The Bible just makes a statement. It said, the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinners against God. But that didn't make any difference to Lot. He made up his mind where he's going to go. Possibly. I know I'm speculating. Possibly. Lot said, boy, it was an opportunity for me to witness to that group. <laughs> You've heard that before, haven't you? <laughs> I think there's a principle here. I don't want you to miss it. If you select to get chummy with the unbelievers... If you select, if you choose to be chummy with the wicked environment, thinking that you can change it, be very careful. Be very careful because it may change you first. Look at verse 14. All the way to the end of this chapter. After Lot has left. Isn't it amazing? The Lord waited until Lot gone and then he came to Abraham and he said, Now Abraham, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look northward, look southward, look eastward, look westward. For all of this land I give to you and your descendants. Our lives are full of choices. We often choose what looks good to me. That looks good. But I want to tell you, horrors of horrors... If what looks good to you is not what God's choosing for you. What God chooses might not look glamorous. It might not look appealing to the eye. It might not appear good to the flesh. But oh, you can be sure it will be the more excellent choice. And Lot goes into Sodom and he stays outside the gate first. He stays there for a while. He hesitated going in. But then a little while later... He moves right in. Some of you are living at the tent outside the gates of Sodom and Gomorrah. Some of you are camping so close to the forbidden city. Some of you are sitting at the gates of sin. And what you need to do is to run. Get back to Bethel. Because the odds are that you will enter the city. If you camp at its gate. It is a bigger chance for you going to get in. Than get out. Unless you run. Lot goes in. And overnight he becomes Mr. Success in Sodom. He probably became the city planner. And everybody respected him. But the Bible said he was tormenting himself. He was tormenting himself. Every day. Because he knew that that's not a place for a God-fearer. He knew he didn't belong to that place, and yet he stayed. He knew that this wasn't the place for a man who knew the living God. But after all, the man needed to get ahead. Until a disaster struck and his uncle had to risk his own life to rescue him. As I conclude, I want to give you four principles from this passage. I want to write them down, mark them down, do what you want with them. They have impacted my own life through the years. First, always return to the place of your failure in order to receive the Lord's forgiveness. Don't think you can get it somewhere else. Secondly, be magnanimous in disputes because God keeps His promises to you. Thirdly, let God make the choices for you. Because I tell you, it's not always the case. What you see is what you get. 
Fourthly, don't ever get chummy with the wicked environment because it can get you before you get it. And possibly you'd say, well, Michael, I have not returned to the place of my failure. I'm trying to hide it, try to cover it up, try to give money in order to make it easy. I'm trying to put hours in social work in order to make that easy. No, it will not become easy until you go to the place where you have failed and say, Lord, forgive me. I have done that many times in my life. Secondly, you may be a person who's camping right at the gate of the city. And the Lord is saying, run. Wherever you may be spiritually at this stage in your life, as you walk, say, Lord God, your word has spoken to me. Your spirit has convicted me. Lord God, I've been camping at the gates of Sodom. And I know what's next. Help me to run. Lord, I go back in this place of failure, in the place of sin, and I come to you for forgiveness. Jesus, we bless you and we thank you that you are at the right hand of the Father interceding for us right now. We are thankful to you. Father God, what do we do? How could we live a life without you? And Father, we come to you right now grateful for that open door of forgiveness that you always hold your hand out to us and you always want us to come and be renewed. Oh, what a loving God you are. We thank you and we bless you. Father, the Holy Spirit knows the secret of the hearts. I don't. And sometimes I don't know the secrets of my own hearts. Jeremiah said the heart is deceitful, but you do. And with that confidence, our Father, we come to you and surrender afresh ask you to fill us of your Holy Spirit, to strengthen us in you. For we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. You're listening to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Miss an episode? Well, there are lots of ways to listen and watch. You can do it online through the Leading the Way app, podcasts and more. Start your discovery at ltw.org. More than 30 years ago, God prompted Dr. Yusuf to reach out to the greater Atlanta area through the growing media of radio. Over the years, his obedience and willingness to be used by God has taken leading the way into six continents, in 27 of the world's most spoken languages. And in recent months, Afghan refugees are hearing the gospel in the midst of their pain. You see, as refugees poured into surrounding countries, leading the way team members were at the ready, partnering with local churches and organizations providing assistance and hope. And through leading the way navigators, portable MP3 players loaded with the gospel, many are hearing about Jesus for the first time. Hear and see these stories of lives changed in your neighborhood and neighborhoods worldwide when you visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org. You can also call 
way, if you're unable to attend in person at your home church, consider joining Dr. Yusuf for Leading the Way Live at Apostles on most Sunday mornings just past 10.30am Eastern Time. Start by going to ltw.org and you'll find a link to join Dr. Yusuf and the congregation of his church, the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, as they come together and worship. You may not know it, but Christian musician Mac Powell of Third Day is the artist in residence of the church and often leads the powerful worship time. So join Dr. Yusuf as he passionately proclaims uncompromising truth on Leading the Way Live at Apostles. That website again, ltw.org. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.